Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs, and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. I interview entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you get past your blocks and move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including Apple Podcasts, which was formerly iTunes, on YouTube, and on my website, winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others in your networks, and I hope you'll decide to join my community. You can become a fan of the show at winnieanderson.com slash fans, and you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox. You'll also receive information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, position and pre-sell yourself as the unique solution provider you are, and profit from your expertise. You know, corporate or organizational life is a bit crazy to say the least, is it not? Even though companies spend millions on health benefits, they often then become toxic environments where stress runs high and people are often rewarded for bad behavior like being obnoxious and even abusive. Because let's face it, if their numbers are good, they get promoted, they get nice offices, they get great bonuses. And then that stressful environment that's created actually works against the employees that are in any organization. I've always told people who lose their jobs or who voluntarily leave their position that they need to go through a detox period. Now, they laugh and they ignore me. And as much as I know that that's true, you really do need to detox from the environment that you have been conditioned through. I know I ignored it myself. I want you to think about the places where you worked for a minute. Was working impossibly long hours a badge of honor? Maybe the hero of the office was the person who was so overscheduled that you know they barely had time to, to leave for home at the end of the day. I once worked for a company that wanted me to, to take a new job with them, and the job would have made me travel 100% of the time. They were shocked when I turned that job down. But the life of an entrepreneur is incredibly stressful too, isn't it? There's so much to learn, there's so much to do, and then there's getting clients, getting paid on time, and managing our money. You know, I'll bet you started your business like me. We, we wanted freedom. We wanted balance. And, of course, we wanted the chance to earn an unlimited income. We didn't want somebody telling us what our work was worth. Well, that's the dream we bought. But most of us would have to confess that what we have is a very hard job, and we work for the most demanding boss in the world. Yeah, we're back to working crazy hours, crazy long hours, we can neglect our physical and even our emotional and mental health. That, my friends, is a recipe for disaster. We tell ourselves that those are the sacrifices that we have to make. We work harder than others do so we can live like others don't, right? There are lots of trite cliches about the hard work that's involved with being an entrepreneur. 
The impact of stress, though, has been well documented. It leads to a host of health problems that can negatively impact our quality of life, our aging process, and can even lead to an early death. Combine that stress with sacrifices that we make, like skipping meals, too little sleep, eating poor quality food, not exercising. It all adds up, as I said, to a recipe for disaster. I don't know about you, but I neglect myself a lot if I had to be truthful about it. And I know that there's a level of stress, of course, that's exciting and, you know, it's, it's really very motivating. However, there's that level of stress that's unhealthy and even toxic. And, of course, then there's issue, this issue of faking it till you make it, right? We feel as though we need to pretend that everything's fine because we believe in the power of our minds and our thoughts, right? But the brain is smart enough to figure out that what you're saying doesn't equal what you're doing. So when I met today's guest, I knew I had to have her on the show to talk about this issue of entrepreneurial self-care and its importance. Brody Welsh is a licensed acupuncturist. She's a board-certified herbalist and a Chinese medicine expert and self-care strategist. She's the founder of Life in Balance Acupuncture, which is located in Corvallis, Oregon. She's been treating patients there since 2003. Now, in addition to her clinical practice, Brody shares her expertise to help caring, conscious women take care of themselves through innovative, learn-from-anywhere courses and coaching programs on stress management, digestive health, and the mind-body connection, and Chinese medicine. She's the creator and host of the podcast, A Healthy Curiosity. The show explores what it takes to be well in a busy world. Listen in as Brody explains why self-care is a courageous act for every entrepreneur, what she calls the empty calories or snacks of self-care that really aren't fulfilling us or nurturing us, what exactly are yin and yang, and how both concepts are actually critical in self-care, how our ego trips us up and actually prevents us from practicing good self-care, and how your good self-care actually benefits others. As always, listen in all the way to the end, and I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so welcome, Brody. Let's just dive right in and get going here. I know that you know, you've got a busy schedule, and the folks listening to us do too. So let's, first of all, let's define overall this concept of self-care. I'm a big word person, and I like to make sure we're all on the same page. So what, you know, what is this big picture of, of self-care? Can you explain it? Sure. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on your show, and I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Self-care, as I define it, would be really anything that is involved in the care and feeding of our bodies, minds, and spirits. Okay. And that requires listening to our bodies, minds, and spirits. Like so much of the time in our culture, we get so in our heads that we forget we have these other parts of ourselves that need tending. And if we don't tend to them, there are consequences. So I would include, like, I mean, certainly there's like the empty calories of self-care, which could be like getting a pedicure or, you know, getting your hair done or something like that, which is like, yeah, self-maintenance and it might make you feel good um, for a minute, but it's not ultimately what's creating that foundation that you need in order to give your gifts to the world, right? And so, so things that I would put in that category would include things like meditation, sleep, exercise, 
are you doing your joy? Are you aligned with your highest values? Self-massage, acting in integrity with your own natural energy. So basically just like a listening and honoring, uh, in being in conscious dialogue with your body and okay. with your intuition and I with your heart. That. I love that. I love that. And uh, because, you know, I really hadn't given a whole, <laughs> a whole lot of thought to this myself, but I love that you di- differentiate between self-maintenance and yes, getting my hair cut is my biggest indulgence. I actually drive 500 miles to get my hair cut. No kidding. That's another story. Well, but, you look fabulous. Well, so, yeah. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Which is why I drive 500 miles because I love this guy. But anyway, I, I do think now that, you know, I listen to you talk that self-maintenance is one thing. The stuff we need to do. You know, I'm on video all the time, so I've got to have my hair looking good. Mm-hmm. Versus self-care, which really is the nurturing of self then, right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, and and it's like it's the essential nutrients as opposed to like the the uh, the optional desserts or you know uh, that yeah. it it's um it's it's what we absolutely need in order to, I mean really I, as as a Chinese medicine practitioner I think of the world in terms of yin and yang all the time, okay. right? And so if we think about that. Um, the values of our culture that if we if we think about which are yin and which are yang, you know that our culture values doing and speed and productivity and intensity and the mind and it, and the superficial right, the, that which is outside and and really it 's like culturally we are yang addicted and we, we do not honor our yin nearly enough, so things like being slowness, rest gentleness, how it feels versus how it looks, depth, um, you know, like the body itself, the intuitive rather than the intellectual. It's like there's, that is the whole, that's the whole other side that, and we know from the yin-yang image that the two are not just opposites. It's not just like a black and white square next to each other. It's the fact that they support each other and they actually transform into one another. And people forget that, right? You know, that that you can't actually have really good yang unless you have really good yin. And that, so you actually need to go to that extreme of tired before you can rest. And then when you get great rest, you're, you feel like a million bucks and you can totally rock the next day. And so it's, anyway, so we, we live in this world that, yeah, I think that's 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 so awesome. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, oh, I I do. I just think that that's that is a really great delineation. And you're right. We don't think about it, or I think we tend to pay lip service to it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk then a little bit about um, how practicing real real self care versus this snacky yeah. kind of thing, which is mm-hmm. a great analogy. Why do you think um, real self care then? is a courageous act for an entrepreneur. Well, it means doing less than you're physically capable of, right? We're all we're all in great we're we're swimming in this water that is about yang addiction. It's about doing more and being as productive as possible. And so the idea of, you know, and, and even like I think it was in Stephen Covey's, you know, Seven Habits, you know, book, yeah. that idea of like trying to ch- chop down the tree with the really dull saw and it's yep. like you if you just stop and sharpen the saw it's going to go a whole lot easier and but it's we, we get hooked by the mind and so uh, and for a lot of us it's because we've done we've achieved some some pretty um impressive success right. in the in the material world maybe we've got promotions maybe we've got the financial you know it shows up in our bank accounts or whatever this validation for what it's like to sacrifice the rest of your being on the altar of productivity right and it, it's 
really easy to get hooked by that, by that as like, ooh, if I just keep doing this, I'm going to get rewarded and praised and promoted and all that. And so then when we're working for ourselves, we take that same mindset into our businesses and it's like anything that has nothing to do with this launch is, you know, like not worth my time. And, and we forget that, oh, right, like I'm here to be like a kind human being, right? I'm here to be somebody who doesn't hurt all the time. Like I deserve to not be whipping myself physically into, you know, into, like, be, you know, be, becoming the human doing rather than the human being. It's kind of the, the cliche of saying it. But, but basically, what you're, why it takes courage is because you're going against the messages of an entire culture and yeah. the one that you've been rewarded for probably handsomely, you know. And, and so if you're, you know, we also have these ego strategies like perfectionism or being, you know, over-serving, you know, people, you know, that, that might take on, oh, well, I've got boundaries around my work life, but, you know, everybody else in my household comes first or that, that X, Y, and Z is more important than just honoring the messages that I'm getting internally. And so it's like, and because we, we are in a culture where self-care is perceived as selfish, right? And especially as women, we're socialized to, uh, to put everyone else's needs first. And, and to some extent, we're hardwired for that. Estrogen and tend to befriend responses are, you know, are, are kind of in there. But at the same time, it's, um, it, there is, I think that when we get honest about like what's driving our driving and striving, what's driving us to, to pull from our reserves uh, so that like borrow tomorrow's energy for today, prop ourselves up with caffeine or sugar, um, wind down with alcohol or marijuana, you know, like that, those are, those are things that people are like, those are signs that you're out of energy integrity, you know, like that you've overridden your body's signs that it needs rest. Just to, just to pick on one little small aspect mm -hmm. of self-care. And, and really, if we get honest about what that's about, in, to some degree, we're biting the hook that this is all essential for our survival. And it's not, right? It's not. It's just the survival of this ego trap, you know, of, of like of your, thinking of yourself as the perfectionist or the one, who's, um, the one who gets it all done or the one who, you know, has a million dollars in the bank or, you know, wh whatever it is. And it requires kind of um, recognizing that, that that is what it is. And really, like, if we get down to it, being able to accept ourselves regardless of how much we get done in the day is, um, it is I think, an even more courageous thing. Yeah, to look at. yeah. Boy, that's that's so brilliant. Everything you said there was like I could break my arm trying to write all those great quotes down. And <laughs> and I think that it it's so easy to get sucked into all of of that exactly. And until we give and give and give and then you know completely crash. And, yeah. and and can't can't give can't care for anybody including ourselves at that point you know the old quote from the the flight attendant to put your own mask on before you help anybody else i think that's a great analogy for why self care is critical yeah, well, and it's and it's not true. Like, obviously, you can put the other person's mask on first, right? You know, like <laughs> there's you can certainly do that, but ultimately, you know, like you, but you may not make it, you know, like and, right. and so and there's definitely, you know, it doesn't have to be like we don't have to be narcissists to take care of ourselves, right? You know, like that it's it actually I am so much more the person that I want to show up for my patients, for my coaching clients, for my kids, you know, when I have worked out, when I've fed myself nourishing food, when I've gotten enough sleep, when I've taken the time to meditate, like when I've got all that dialed in, 
everyone benefits. And so that's actually, if, you, if you're someone that struggles with putting yourself on your own to-do list, I would challenge you to consider, why do you need self-care today? And then why do your people, you know, who else in your life is going to benefit from your self-care today? And if that's, and just see that, and how will the world benefit from your self-care today? It's like there, there is, um, it's, it's, we are all interconnected, whether or not you believe that in a spiritual sense. Uh, There's certainly scientific studies that, that back up that we catch moods from each other. We catch, um, you know, and that we influence each other just by uh, what we're exuding, what we're putting out there. And so, um, and granted, a lot of us are, are working by ourselves, you know, in, in these um, kind of isolated environments. But, but still, if you, if you do any kind of work with other human beings, or, you know, or if there's anyone else in your life, then, then there's going to be a ripple effect. And yeah. you're going to be, and by taking care of yourself, you're giving someone else permission to do the same thing. You're role modeling that behavior. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I do think that... It is this issue, it's like one extreme or the other, right? We think that self-care is selfish, that's just such a great way to put it, and we see like just this modicum of any kind of self-care as, oh, I shouldn't be doing this, I should be, because we are, we're conditioned by that busyness, whether we like to admit it or not, there's an ego element there, as you said. Yeah, really great, great information. So let's, I know we don't want to use the word should, you know, that old coaching thing that don't yeah. should on me. Mm-hmm. But so, but at the same time, it's it's important. So how do you, how do we deal with this balance of don't should, but at the same time, will you take care of yourself? Um. Yeah, so so where's that should coming from? You know, like is it culturally imposed? Like I think when people are shoulding on themselves, what they mean is don't let me not let me not take on this external value. Okay. You know, and so this is really about listening inwardly and understanding what we need in a given moment. So right, like when we when we have to pee, we get up and pee, right? <laughs> when we're when we're thirsty, we have a drink of water. When we're hungry, we eat something. You know, like that that these are and when we're tired, we freak out because something's wrong. No, uh, when we're tired we rest, you know, ideally, or we yeah. do something to change to change up the energy. So there's so it's really not about shoulds but it's about let's look if we if we take a step back and we look at like well who are our role models here like who can who's got self-care dialed in mm-hmm. um in in my field that's going to be like the taoist sages the yogis the people who like achieved enlightenment the people who've been studying this whole body mind spirit interconnection for the purposes of allowing energy to flow freely in the body so that we're maximally healthy and happy and productive and uh, and potentially open to our highest potential as human beings. And so this is really well outlined in both Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, the traditional medicine of India. There's some things that, that and that sort of like the modern like CEO biohacker people are, are discovering. It's the same stuff, right? It's exercise, it's meditation, it's sleep, you know, and it's it, it's listening inwardly and, and, and being able to be in, in that respectful dialogue. And it's feeding yourself something nourishing as opposed, like that's going to be optimal fuel for your system. And so these aren't shoulds, like it, th- that stuff isn't dogma. Like you should try it for yourself, you know, and, and, and figure out, oh yeah, do I feel better or do I feel worse when I start my day with 
um, with with these kinds of things Something dialed into a morning routine. I am all about automating the mundane. Like, let's just get all the self-care stuff to happen first and on autopilot. And then that everything else, you, like your whole day flows better. And so, you know, that the days that I decide to cut my practice short because I've got stuff to do are inevitably the days that I end up not focused, not productive and and kind of um, lost in a way you know and and certainly I know that that when I am I'm much more likely to be in a flow state when I am taking care of of my body and my spirit okay so it's kind of like cheating yourself when you say oh I can only do 15 minutes I can't do a whole 30 today or or whatever because does that do you think that that comes down to Again, it's this mindset, this conditioning. Is it as simple as, and nothing is simple, I know, but is it that you have poor boundaries and you have some kind of inability to say no and and put yourself first? I mean, I know it's really hard to, I think, put your finger on where this thing starts and ends. Well, I think think there's a a combination of things going on. I think that, um, for one thing, every day is not the same, right? Like we have things going on that, that might legitimately demand more time than we've planned for, and yet we still have things to do. And so it, like, so things like meditation, I am a firm believer in making it non-negotiable that it happen, but it could be modular. So there's nothing wrong with taking, you know, making a 20-minute practice, a five-minute practice, or even a one-minute practice. Like okay. one conscious breath is going to be worth it. You're still a meditator. You're still watering the ground until that seed grows, you know, in, in that way you're still building the muscles of equanimity and and, and calm and good decision making and all that but it, the pendulum's got to swing the other way it can't always be the thing that gets short shrift so that you know that that expression like friends health career sleep pick 3 you know like that it can't always be the same three and so you know like and that this idea that life is about this dynamic pulsation between yang and yin between day and night between winter and summer you know like that there's between empty and full you know that uh, there's everything everything pulsates so right? in our bodies our heartbeats are are you know we breathe in we breathe out we you know we take in food we excrete out waste it's like there's there's this dynamic pulsation to everything on the planet and so our our priorities can can wax and wane we can go through times where we're like okay i'm going to work 60 hours this week because i've got stuff to do but next week i'm only going to work 30 you know like there's there's a pulsation that allows if there's not that pulsation if the pendulum never swings the other way that's where problems arise and so it's like yeah give yourself permission but uh, but keeping uh, but i do think you brought up boundaries it's like it's one of the most important things we can do is to either put boundaries on our work life so that there's room for everything else to grow, you know, kind of like the budget, right? Mm-hmm. If that, you know, that if, um, if half the budget's going to the military and everything else is domestic, you know, spending or whatever, like social programs, like they're fighting over this piece of the pie. Whereas if, like we change, if, if the military only gets a third, then suddenly the social programs get more, you know, like, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. so there's like, we can, we can create our own, life where our energy goes budget where your chi goes where your prana goes and and that can change with every week or every you know every month you can you can evaluate what you're needing and and where you want your attention to go and that 
it, so it could be about like putting a limit on something, but it could also be about making your daily self-care just like on your calendar as though it were a meeting, you know, as though it were as important as meeting right. with a client right. that like, okay, this is my workout. It is non-negotiable, you know, or like, this is my time when I just do some, I just do something that I love to do, or this is time that I connect with a friend or that I yeah. take, take five minutes and like do some jumping jacks or like hold a plank or drink some water, you know, like just the, just the things It doesn't have to be long. Even you can just hack your environment so that, so that things that can help you, um, just come back to yourself and, and, and nourish yourself in some small way. It's, um, it is, interspersed throughout your day as opposed yeah. to something that is um that you feel like it has to take a, a whole lot of time yeah and i think that for especially for people who are so far in the extreme that really don't practice any self-care they just mm-hmm. use and abuse themselves and i can think of a few uh, as i'm even talking about this to, to feel good because there is no should in here as you said yeah. so to feel good about I'm going to, I map my day out anyway, I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm going to say, all right, I, I should have a, a break in between here. This would be logical. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take five minutes, do a plank, get, remember to get water, do something. I think that for incredibly busy people who have a lot to accomplish, who are achievement oriented, there's almost that, oh, I can check it off and I feel good that oh, I yeah. built in. And it didn't upset my whole life. And then right. I think as you feel more and more confident and you start mm-hmm. to see that positive balance, yeah. you then go, well, you know what? I can make 20 minutes right here. I can give that to myself. So yeah, I think oh. that's great. Every, every habit that we do, every routine that we do is based on the principle of a cue, the behavior, and the reward. And yes. so the, as you start doing something, well, you may have to cue yourself to do it. Like, right. oh, right, every time I get up to go to the bathroom, I'm going to fill up my water bottle. Or every yep. time I, you know, the, every time I enter the kitchen to, like, graze mindlessly, I'm going to do, you know, um, I, I'm going to have a little five-minute dance party or, you know, like, wh- right. whatever it is that you might try to do, you're going to cue the new habit. But then you're going to notice how you feel. And if there's a natural intrinsic yeah. reward, you're going to like that's going to make a, a, a uh, an impact on you and you're going to notice oh right like i don't actually need coffee like my brain is energized from oxygen <laughs> and right. you know and and that's uh you know that studies have shown like that it's like 80% of our cues to eat something are actually cues to drink water and so just that things like that that you'll notice after a week of doing that that you're a pound lighter or you know like that it'll show up in your life in a way that will reinforce your new habit but at first it might actually take rewarding yourself like okay, okay, how can I motivate to actually take care of myself? Um, to, right. to automate that habit means doing it long enough so that it's just, um, it, so that there's no decision fatigue around it, so that yep. it just happens. Yep. Um, like Barack Obama's gray and blue suits. It's like mm-hmm. he has better things to think about than what he's going to wear, so he predecides. Yep. So like, don't waste time wondering, am I going to meditate today? Am I going to exercise today? Just like predecide, make map out your whole week, put it, put it on your calendar, so that you know when it's happening, so that you have something to look forward to, so that you can, uh, so that you can, basically undercut your own tendencies to, towards overwork if indeed you have them. Right. And, and so we can start building these habits of mm-hmm. self-care. Yeah. And, and then like anything else, 
it gets self-reinforcing, the more you feel better, yeah. Yeah, the more exactly. likely you're going to say, that's in my calendar and it's non-negotiable, as you say. So, yeah, I mm-hmm. think the other thing that I, I hear in, in, in your conversation is this concept of self-awareness. Yeah. You know, recognizing that, okay, you know, when I have, for me, when I have a course, I'm, I'm an old HR person, when I would have a course in corporate life that I was, you know, designing and you're in the frenzy of the design and then you're in the frenzy of the launch and the delivery. It's very similar mm-hmm. to, to launching something o- online at, for yourself. But I would then make the mistake of scheduling other work right after I'd done the course. I can't do that. I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brain is shot. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm worthless. I'm on a little bit of a high because of the experience of being in the moment and teaching. And then, you know, I can't just come into my office and meet about some expansion plan. So that's yeah. something that I've had to develop as my own self-awareness about my own body and mind, as you say, and then recognize that, I can't schedule something right after. I have to have this buffer time. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was talking about in terms of pulsation, right? Mm-hmm. Because because in nature we know that day follows day follows day, and then there's night, and then there's day. No, 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 no. It's it's day right. follows night follows day follows night. We go through right. these like that this expansion period. You put it all out there. You give everything you've got. You can't keep doing that. <laughs> like you have to fill up the well. The field has to be lying fallow in order to have enough nutrients to grow the next crop. Right. And so it's it's like it, so recognizing that. Oh right, after launch time. Also, I think it's important to celebrate that. Right. Like that. That so too often we just you know are kind of right. on to the next thing that we're that we're climbing and striving towards, and. It's uh, it really will perpetuate that. Uh, I mean, it's exhausting as if we never step back and enjoy the view and like, hey, I just did something amazing, and I am going to I'm going to just take a day to reflect on that or to do something totally different or yeah. Right. Yeah. As a reward. Yeah. That's really exactly. what we do. You work really uh-huh. hard, and uh-huh. then you get a reward. We do that with children. We do that with yes. animals. Like we do that with our own staff. Hello. Mm-hmm. Well, then yes. why don't we do it? Oh my gosh, we could go on for hours about this. So, yeah. one of the things that I think we're we're really talking about here is this issue of stress, mm-hmm. right? And you mentioned studies out there that talk about this, you know, all the things that we're, we're discussing, right? They're no longer woo-woo. There, yeah, right. there are real medical studies that show the connection between your beliefs and your outcomes, and so we yeah. know that. So we also know that stress is so toxic, and, and we could go on for, I mean, there are whole programs and just about that, but can you just touch a little bit more on why stress in particular is so toxic and why you must practice self-care, really. I mean, I don't think there's a shit about it. It's it's yeah. almost like survival, right? It, yeah, right, because quite literally your survival depends it on it. You. And and yeah, and, and if it's not going to kill you, it's not going to make life very fun, right? So stress is related to, if not causal, makes worse 90%-ish of all things people go to the doctor for, right? So so not only can stress kick over into things like anxiety and insomnia and depression and things like that, but also very physically. And um, so heart disease, 
um, immunity, autoimmunity, fertility, physical pain, inflammatory conditions, uh, like basically you name it, if it's going on in your body, it's going to be made worse by stress. And so like we're, we're four times more likely to catch a cold or a flu if we're under stress. So just that alone, it's like, if, like you know that's going to cost you work days. You know you're not going to do your best work. Um, you know, and, and that even things like back pain or shoulder pain, you know, from just like sitting at the desk, you know, constantly, um, like we need to be, it's not just stress, like stress is a component of stress management is, is huge. Um, but just looking at kind of like that, that again, that, that I over identifying with the mind makes you ignore your body and that, it, and that's really easy to do if you're working for yourself. And if you're, if you've got a job that keeps you in your head all day long. Um, but yeah, like the costs are really, the stakes are high. And if you think about kind of that finding your own deep why, you know, about why it's important for you to do self-care is really critical, you know, that because for some people it's like, I, you know, do you want to age optimally? Do you want to age prematurely? Do you want to get the diseases that your parents, you know, set you up for? Or mm -hmm. do you want, you know, we know that epigenetics trumps genetics so much of the time that how we live our lives, we switch on the right genes and we switch off the wrong ones. And so it's, it's like, I mean, even just a few nights being short sleep can do that. So recognizing that it's like, we have tremendous power in terms of how we feel. And I think that that's, that's huge. It's like, we actually can choose inflammation and suffering and the diseases of modernity or not, you know, and that's, I'm not saying that like, if you have a chronic condition that it's your fault, you know, like, right. But right. It's like, not at all, you know, but, but recognizing that, that we always have agency and we can always be steering either in the direction of balance or in the direction of imbalance, which then if we keep going on that continuum far enough becomes disease. So, yeah, so I think, a, yeah, I think that's a, a really great way to put it. And I think first of all, we have more control than we think we do. Yeah. And to take as much control as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you, you, we know that all of these things can contribute to whatever triggers are already in our body, as you say. So mm -hmm. wouldn't it make sense then to take the actions yeah. that can minimize them? And I, I think, again, everything comes back to awareness. When you start looking at the patterns in your behavior and in your life and you're not getting what you want or you're stuck in chronic illness or chronic frustration, well, what in the heck's going on? You know, yeah. give yourself some time to really ask what the heck is going on here and look at, I mean, this is what, this is part of what led me down this journey to actually start the show. I had a nervous breakdown. It's wow. not pretty. Yeah. It's not pretty. I bet that was a huge wake-up call. Well, let me tell you, sister. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, yeah, it was. And I really had to ask myself, what am I doing? That's not working. What am, you know? What do I have that I don't want? Why am I making myself even crazier than I already am? And get on this path of stopping. So, yeah, I think that we just can't say enough that you have more control than you think you do. 
I'm yeah, getting choked up and I shouldn't. Yeah. Oh, no, it's like you're, you're human and you're, 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 you're sharing something incredibly vulnerable and honest, which is that like I drove this car off the cliff, off right? The cliff. And so maybe, maybe like how can I, right. first of all, not do that again? How can I, pick, how can I steer in a different direction? And that's really right. what I think of it as is like we're just changing like the small shifts that we're doing right. um, that are, they change our compass orientation so that over time we end right. up navigating to a very different destination. And and so looking at, but being able to ask yourself that question of like, how did I get here? What happens is like, so that you can reverse right. engineer what you need to do differently. And, right. and so, uh, so I, I imagine like it, you found some, some answers right? you found, you found things that you're doing differently in your uh, daily routine. Yeah, had to, had yeah. to. And, and I think that, yeah, that's, that's it. It's, it's asking what can I do to, to create a different outcome but also recognizing, because there are those people who, well, you know, too bad for me. This is where, you know, I've got, come this far in life. There's no sense. I have no, there's not enough motivation for me to change. Change is hard, as we know that. Yeah. Um, but you get a do-over every second. Yeah. Right. It's a new moment. It's right. And, and, and it's really, you know, like with, back to the genetics thing for a second, I think of it as like a game of poker, right? Like you're dealt some cards, but you get to throw a few back, right? You know, you get yep. to pick some new ones. And so, so regardless of, of what you're dealing with and, you know, that, and I treat plenty of people, including myself with chronic stuff that, that it's, um, that it matters no matter where you are on that spectrum of, you know, that, of, or how healthy you think you are or could be. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where like, it's really about taking responsibility and not being victimy, you know, like people can be victimy about their schedules, you know, like, oh, I'm yeah. so busy, you know, like, and, <laughs> yes. and wear it as a badge of honor and bragging rights. And, you know, like, oh, yeah, you're, you know, that, that, again, it's that sort of ego trap. Right. And, and recognizing that, um, I mean, that's, a, it's another thing that really requires some courage of, of being able to recognize that, um, that if I don't do this, like those stakes are high. And, that it and it's worth doing. I'm worth taking care of, and that my choices are part of how I'm steering. Right. Yeah, I think that's just all so so well said. And I do think then you know we have been conditioned, our corporate lives condition us, our family of origin condition us, and then the life of an entrepreneur conditions us further, and we get sucked in. Yeah. And it is brave to say you know what, I didn't, this isn't what I started this business for. Yeah. Oh, I didn't want what I had in yeah. corporate life. I used to tell people I have the meanest boss in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Right? That's, my husband work, says that about me sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I work seven days a week, you know, 24 yeah. hours a day. I just, right. My boss is so mean. Right. Are you I, feeling the freedom? <laughs> you know, that's... Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell people all the time, trust me. Yeah, and then you get a paycheck at the end of every week. Yeah. You know? uh, but, yeah, I've worked for truly abusive bosses, and mm. I don't want that. So reminding myself, I don't want this. What do I want instead? And Well, yep. what do I have to do to get that? And and making these choices. It's, it's totally. being aware, and then it's making great choices. Brody, this has been such a fascinating conversation. I'm going for hours, but I'm sure people <laughs> listening are like, all right, enough already. So just 
tell us how you even got into this because you're the only person I know who really is a, a Chinese medicine practitioner. So how did you do it? How did you get here? And what made oh. you so sensitive about all of this mind-body-spirit connection stuff? Well, I think it was, you know, I, I grew up um, it's thinking that, well, like sort of like high school, I was the classic overachiever and, and overextended and exhausting mm -hmm. myself. Like from an early age, that was, you know, I totally bit the hook on, on um, make your day longer by making your nights shorter and all that and propping myself, you know, in college, I basically used my body to prop up my head for four years. And I was really committed to, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I, I wanted to change the world. I was like an idealist, an activist, and I thought that I was going to like start a nonprofit or run for office or, you know, like something like that. And I was realizing that like the direction I was going down was I didn't want to have a life that I was constantly whipping people up into fear to get them to take an action. And so I realized this is not a fit at all. And so at the end of college, I just kind of took a step back. I took a, um, a crappy eight to five, uh, you know, job, and I went to massage therapy school at night. And because I'd always been told, like, oh, you have such a gift, you have a touch, and so in massage therapy school, I took a shiatsu class, and shiatsu was based in Chinese medical theory, and that's where I was first introduced to the concepts of yin and yang and qi, and the idea that if it's out there, it's in here, you know, that, that we're in sync with our environment, and that there's this, these sophisticated ways of understanding how energy moves around the body and how, how it's all interconnected, and it was really the theory that hooked me. Like, I was so, you know, like, I was always really interested in philosophy, and, you know, so, but going from, like, government history, economics, and philosophy, and, like, how the world works to... <laughs> <laughs> to just kind of like, yeah, like ha, ha, what's the move? What is consciousness about? You know, like, and, yeah. and there's a system that talks about this. And so it, after um, getting my massage therapy um, credentials, I ended up going straight into the three and a half year or four year um, master's in oriental medicine, which it is not only acupuncture, but Chinese herbs, diet and lifestyle theory that really like had Chinese medicine at, at its core is applied philosophy. And so it's like, there's ways, you know, just like I was talking about with yin and yang, it's like you can apply Chinese medicine theory to your life just by looking at your day and like, you know, looking at the energetics of your day. And are you doing, you know, kind of more on the yang side or more on the inside? That's a vast oversimplification of this complex <laughs> and beautiful system of medicine that's been around for at least 3000 years. But, but in any case, it's, um, I got into it basically because I wanted to help people and because I just, I just fell in love with, uh, with its way of explaining the world. And so opened my practice back in 2003. And so, and then it evolved as recognizing that, um, that you can go and have healthcare done for you, you know, like acupuncture, needle magic is amazing in terms of taking down inflammation, in terms of speeding healing, all these things. But so often I would encourage people like, you know, looking deeper at the causes of like, you know, of, of what's going on. I realized that I needed to create a different container for helping people make those changes. And so that's why I've evolved my practice into not just a clinical one-on-one -on -one thing, but teaching classes and creating um, group coaching spaces for people to really incubate the habits of self-care. And so that, and that's where I see is the future of healthcare is having uh, like other people involved in helping keeping us supported and accountable long enough to right. to bring these things into automation and that and and to really be setting ourselves up for going in a very different direction because I'm all about empowering people to take care of themselves and just it and that's it, it's it's so amazing to watch someone change their identity from someone who used to 
overwork and and not make time for themselves to someone who feels like they have their life back that that feels like happier less you know like are making better choices that result in feeling more energetic more clear um more free more loving more calm you know like it's just all of that is and, and so along the way i collected a whole bunch of more tools like teaching people you know yoga teacher certification and qigong teacher certification and uh, you know several coaching certifications and nutrition and blah 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 and so functional medicine all this stuff that that kind of i'm collecting in my toolbox to to allow me to serve um and allow me to to kind of equip people with this, the tools of self-care that they're going to need to take care of themselves Outstanding. Thank you so, so much for the great information, the great insight you've shared, the tips that, that you've shared with us. If somebody wanted to learn more about working with you, the work you do, where would they go? They'd go right over to BrodyWelch.com. Right. Brody with an I-E, Welch with a C-H. Awesome. Outstanding. We'll make sure that we have that in the show notes along with you have a podcast too, right? So I do. We'll have a link to your show. What, what yeah. is your show? It's called A Healthy Curiosity and it's about what it takes to be well in a busy world. And so that can be wellness like, uh, broadly interpreted. So mind, body, spirit stuff, uh, demystifying some aspects of natural medicine, but also uh, considering things like relationships and our environment and, you know, like other stuff that plays into, um, into wellness, you know, a broad, with a broad definition there. And people, um, actually, if, if you visit BrodyWelch.com, I've got a freebie that people can grab if, um, if you need a breathing practice to help you shift out of stress and fight or flight mode and back into rest and repair mode, um, there is a meditation that you can grab and then you'll get a, uh, tips showing up in your mailbox for me a couple times a month. I don't, I don't do a lot of email because I'm podcasting weekly, but, um, but there is um, lots of great information that um, I like to uh, let people know about. Outstanding. Well, if what you shared here is just a hint of what you share on your site and in your, your own show, uh, people need to run over there and, and make sure they get it. So we'll have all of the links to those sites in the show notes as well. <clears throat> and again, thank you so much for your time and all the great information. Thanks so much for having me, Winnie. It's been a real blast. Well, I hope you found that useful. I was having all sorts of ahas while Brody was talking, and the truth is I'll bet the majority of us out there are not practicing the sort of healthy self-care that we need to. If you like this episode, I hope you'll share it with those in your networks and communities and leave a positive review on the platform where you are enjoying it. And I hope you become a fan of the show at winnieanderson.com slash fans. When you do, you'll receive episodes emailed to your inbox along with information, tips, and resources to help you break free from self-doubt, fears, and disempowering patterns, as well as business development strategies to help you profit from your expertise by positioning and pre-selling yourself as the unique solution provider that you are. Okay, so your cocktail exercise for today. That's what I call a reflection exercise. So imagine yourself with your feet up and your favorite beverage thinking big thoughts. Now, of course, alcohol is not necessary. Don't drink to excess and don't drink and drive. All right, so I want you to give some deep thought about the schedule that you're keeping and whether you're taking good care, truly good care of yourself or not. Honestly, think about it. Do you tell people that you're working too hard? Do people tell you that you're working too hard? Are you drinking enough water? Are you eating as healthfully as you can? Are you making time to exercise? 
Remember, you only have to get it in in little 10-minute segments throughout the day, and it all adds up to at least a workout. Do you have like-minded friends that you can talk to? Do you discuss your problems and concerns with someone who cares and who can help you navigate through them? Are you charging handsomely for your services? And do you have a spiritual practice? If you say no to most of those questions, then your action step is to get help. Emotional and mental health is critical for the success of yourself, your business, and your relationships. It comes down, really, to loving yourself and believing that you deserve good care. You'd never treat others the way you treat yourself, I'll bet. Now, yes, I know there are sacrifices that need to be made when you're growing a business, especially if you're launching something or trying to finish a big project, but you can't make them all the time, and you won't be around to serve people or enjoy the fruits of your labors and that freedom that you were dreaming of when you started this. Don't be afraid to work with a therapist or a counselor. I have. I think of them as personal trainers for your emotional health, like a physical health personal trainer. One reason that entrepreneurs can abuse themselves and even get depressed is the isolation that comes with being self-employed. Being part of a like-minded group of peers can go a long way to helping you stay emotionally healthy and help you reach your business goals without burning out. To learn about the Action Takers group that I have and when monthly enrollment opens again, visit winnieanderson.com slash action. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back with another episode of The Courageous Entrepreneur soon. Until then, remember, you're capable of so much more than you think you are.